0: And we are live with another episode of Fire Builders Live. Welcome, everybody. If you're not exactly sure what Fire Builders is, we take experts, we bring them on, we take these big complex ideas, we break them down into small steps, and we stream live Monday through Saturday at noon, unless otherwise noted. So come check us out today. I'm really excited to have Nick Wolney on. Nick, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, today we're going to talk about capturing people's attention. So Nick, uh, he is a frequent contributor for Entrepreneur Magazine, Social Media Examiner. I see him all over the news. I mean, we're talking like national TV appearances kind of stuff. And uh, and he is the guy that takes these you know, complex concepts and knows how to break them down into simple, digestible, entertaining, and informative concepts. Uh, like communicable steps for people so today he's going to teach us how he does that so nick again welcome to the show thanks
1: for having me you know it is you know what i love about um online entrepreneurs is that it requires this blend of being creative and also being technical. Um, so my background is actually, um, I went to classical music school. I was training to be a classical French hornist, play in orchestras, play some dead guys music, you know, for the rest of my life. And um, the, what's so cool about the, the online space, the virtual space is the things that drew me to classical music are also the things that online entrepreneurs explore in, the trenches every single day, which are all about, you know, how to be creative uh, and, and at times emotive, you know, how to really capture people's hearts and capture people's attention. But then to also blend that with, you know, some technical mumbo jumbo, you know, how do you cut through all the online noise uh, and all of that stuff. And so over the years, kind of uh, content marketing and positioning uh, all that good stuff is where I've really found that, you know, it feels it feels like that balance of
0: of being creative and being technical. And you're right. Like, uh, it's kind of part art and part science, you know, when it comes down to it. And honestly, I can relate to a lot of that because, uh, in my engineering career, I had a liberal arts background. Like I majored in mm-hmm. Spanish and then ended up making a transition into a very technical, you know, uh, job. So, um, so I, I also can agree, like, Having that well-rounded, being able to use both your left and right side of your brain, just helps in like every aspect of this. Yeah, absolutely.
1: You know, it's I never knew that about you—that you had a liberal arts background. But I was reading this uh, this New York Times article recently about how you know, like, there's this there's this reputation that people who study the liberal arts fall behind people who pursue careers in STEM, um, science, uh, technology, engineering, mathematics, uh, from a financial perspective, right? Just in terms of salary, just in terms of, you know, career growth and things like that. But the New York Times had, had been talking about this study where, in fact, from a salary perspective, these liberal arts and fine arts people actually begin to slingshot back and they catch back up. They don't catch up in terms of maybe those lost years in your 20s uh, when an engineer is, you know, probably raking it in. Um, but they end up catching up, uh, because of that exact skill set that you talked about, where it's, you know, taking your, your previous expertise, taking your previous skills and skill set, maybe even from past careers or past interests or pursuits and then applying them in a new way. Um, uh, and I think that's actually going to segue in a little bit into what we're going to talk about today. You know, a lot sure. of people don't realize that they are sitting on uh, a buttload of expertise and anecdotes and all of these different things. And part of the challenge just becomes about how to tease that out and then how to communicate it to people in a nice, tight, compact way.
0: And I think that's the key word that you just said is communicate, right? Because I think what your examples of the liberal arts and how they kind of slingshot back, I personally think it's because the people in those type of positions, they know how to communicate those ideas right? And, uh, and that's, that's what I found. And I think, again, that's going to be perfect for, you know, talking about what we're about to talk about today, because it really is about taking these ideas that, that, uh, you know, are not sometimes not easy. Sometimes they're incredibly complex and, uh, and breaking them down into quick, easy ways that people can understand that's also interesting um, to, uh, to digest. So as you, as you create content for you personally, uh, as you submit things to different publications and media and create all of this content. And as people listening at home are saying, well, how do I do that for you? what What's one thing that you would suggest that they do in order to kind of make that happen a little bit better?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I think that one of the things that's really good to hone in on is, you know, who's your audience? And you can actually tease that down um You can distill that down into three different buckets. I know we hear in the online marketing space all the time, oh, target audience, your ideal client, ideal client avatar, all this everywhere. Thing right? But yeah. Like I could throw this right now and probably hit seven people talking about ideal client avatar right now. Um, I think of it as three different buckets. And then that is actually going to help, it, especially if you're an expert and you have a lot of stuff that you could potentially talk about. This kind of helps to distill things down a little bit more, right? So no matter what industry you're in, no matter if you mainly offer services or you mainly offer programs or products, whatever, you really only have three audiences. Okay. You've got uh first, you've got this audience called the informed audience. Okay. And Josh, we love the informed audience. They're great to work with because they know that there's a problem. And then they also know that there's a solution right so you can be talking about the solution you can be you know popcorning different ideas back and forth about the solution and from a marketing and sales copywriting perspective um you can be reminding people of why they should act on the solution now in order to solve their problem right it's a much simpler more direct more real conversation when people are aware of the problem and they're aware of the solution
0: okay? so what's a what's a good example of that would that be you know the first thing that comes to my mind is Coca-Cola you know you know that you're thirsty and you know Coca-Cola exists and so from that perspective it's much easier to market and sell an idea to people that are Coca-Cola fans
1: right and i think even a good version of that to think about is um you know this is a brand you can trust this is a brand that uh because they have been uh investing so heavily in advertising for 100 years right. you know you know like when you are thirsty uh, and you want to quench your thirst they are one of the first beverages that come to mind you know from i think another great example is you know mercedes benz will begin running paid advertisements uh, in placements when we are children when we are teenagers right their lead time um from an advertising perspective can be 20 25
0: 30 years it's absolutely bonkers super strategic um, just yeah. get in it yeah
1: Yeah, an enormous runway in terms of, you know, advertising spend and things like that. But, you know, at first you would think to yourself... Why would Mercedes be running a commercial on a children's show or, you know, to uh, like a YouTube ad um, to, you know, something that's directed more towards uh, a Gen Z audience? That doesn't make sense. They're not my ideal client, blah, blah, blah. Right. And it's to kind of entrench the solution. Oh, you know, you want you want an automobile, but you want it to be luxury and you want to treat yourself. Okay, well, then if you want luxury automobile, there is one brand for that. And that is Mercedes Benz. Um, so kind of being that brand that is present and being that brand that comes to mind first, when the solution comes up, uh, on a, on a less corporate, uh, example, even something like, um, you know, that you want to get more people to your website and you know that the issue is traffic, right? Uh, you can just, you go in, you look at your Google analytics, whatever, and you see, oh, you know, I want to start this empire but I've only got 50 people coming to my website a month. I better do something about that, right? That is an informed audience and that audience is great to work with. It's great to create content for. It is a pleasure to create content for these people because they are aware of the solution. And they are excited to solve it uh, and so you can just be having solution focused conversations literally and those generally feel more productive
0: right when you say that are you talking about the the informed audience are the people coming to the website in this example or are you talking about uh, the person that that needs the traffic they're the um, the client in this case it depends right uh,
1: you know so that person let's say you have you know maybe you're a dentist okay? Um, you know, by the time someone gets to your website, they're aware of the problem and they're aware of the solution. Um, you know, their tooth hurts. They know, they know from growing up that dentists, while scary, make, uh, make teeth pain go away. And so now they're on the hunt for, okay, who is the right person? Who is the right professional, um, for me to solve this problem? Uh, but it, it could vary by business type. I think another good example, um, we have we have several mutual friends that are in the coaching space, you know. And so let's say you have a business coach. Um, a business coach's positioning might need to be a little bit more or a little more proactive, might need to be a little bit more like, hey, you're working your butt off and you're making 100 grand a year. Have you ever considered that for the same amount of work you could be making 200 grand a year? or you could be, you know, blah blah blah, right? And so needing to paint the solution a little bit more. Um so that create that actually segues nicely into, you know, the second of these three buckets, which is uh, um called the afflicted audience. So, this audience, uh, they're aware that they have a problem, but they're not really aware of the what the solution is. And so that kind of changes what content you're going to talk about. You need to simplify a little bit more. You're introducing a potential solution. Um, and for someone that's walking around in this in this kind of painful state or this inconvenienced state, you know, why should I? Um, Why should I pursue this solution? Oh, it turns out there is a solution to my problem. This is amazing. Tell me more. Um, And so that can kind of inform the content that you're creating. Uh, You know, it's a little bit more elementary. It's a little bit more general. When I'll do tech commentary on TV Often that will be a little bit more in that space. I am introducing something that may seem, especially to uh, an online business owner or someone who works completely virtually, like, God, it's so obvious, you know, but for a mainstream audience, this might be the first time that they're hearing about something like this. Um, And so that's, that's an afflicted audience. They're aware of the problem, but they're not aware of the solution.
0: And do you find like, if you're out there listening right now and you you know want to create a product like you want to create something new or whatever the the majority of your audience at least at first might be into that second bucket because they know they have the problem they're just unaware of the solution or maybe more specifically your solution
1: yeah that's a great point you took the words right out of my mouth with this audience that you're wanting to illustrate why your solution is the way to go you could have people that are aware of a problem and, you know, they're actually being bombarding bombarded with solutions. I think marketing is a good example of this, right? There are almost too many solutions. Oh, create a YouTube channel. Oh, get on TikTok. Oh, you got a blog every day. You know, There's just like a billion solutions. And it almost becomes a little overwhelming. It becomes a little paralyzing even, okay? Like which solution is the right solution? Um, so sometimes your content can be about, hey, you know, why don't you particularly look at this? Like for example, in my positioning, um, one of the things that I want to teach as many people as possible how to do is how to write quickly, how to get their thoughts and ideas out on paper, structured and written quickly, because if you're able to write quickly, then everything else can become easier. You want to do more email marketing? Great. You can write quickly. You want to post more on social media? Great. You can write quickly. You want to get articles and stuff uh, out there and maybe guest post on people's websites or whatever that comes from writing quickly. Um, and so I'm I'm introducing the solution to people who uh, probably have a variety of marketing problems, right, at any given time. Hey, have you ever thought about just being able to write faster and the, developing that as a muscle, developing that as a skill, and then that's going to help you out? And then you know, it's it's kind of like the movie Inception, Josh. You know, right. did you ever see that movie, right? Where they got to convince they got to convince Cillian Murphy that it was his own idea. Um, and so that's kind of what we're doing with the afflicted audience, right? We're trying to convince them, you know, that they maybe dreamt this up or something like that. Like, oh, I just got to learn how to write faster. Uh, and then, and then when, by the time that happens, they're in the informed audience and then we can just talk about the different ways to write faster. And that's where you really get to nerd out and it starts to get really fun. But first you got to convince people, you got to do that inception, uh, that it was their own idea, uh, the thing that happens to be your solution, right?
0: I like it. Okay. That makes yep. a lot of sense.
1: Okay. And then you have another audience that is a little more thorny. Uh, and this is the oblivious audience. Okay. So these people, uh, their life is good. They're walking around and they don't have, they don't know they have a problem, right? They're unaware of the problem and they're unaware of the solution. Uh, and so for most people, this is actually their largest audience, right? Cause it's just, it, it kind of encompasses, you know, a whole boatload of people uh, throughout the world. Um, So you have to tailor your messaging differently to these people who don't know that they have a problem. Again, if you're that business coach, um, you know, a prospective client might be walking around thinking to themselves, oh, man, this is great working for myself. I'm making 50K a year, you know, and you know that for the same amount of work, they could be making 250K a year. Right. But for that person, like, you know, it's rainbows, it's pots of gold everywhere you look. It's just, it's fine. It's easy. Right. They're not aware that they have a problem. Yeah. And so you actually need to bring it to their attention that, that they have a problem. Okay. You're going to have to be a little bit of a storm cloud, um, at the beginning. Um, Uh, In my experience, you know, it helps to kind of bring inconvenience or bring the pain to people's attention. Um, You do sometimes have positioning that works well, where you can paint the dream, right? You can say like, wouldn't it be nice to, you know, just have more money for the same amount of work? Um, so both of those approaches can work for that audience, but the audiences are sequential. We're trying to get oblivious people to become afflicted. (laughs) And then we're trying to get afflicted people to become informed. Uh, and once they're informed, then it, again, it becomes really fun. You get to nerd out. You get to talk about, um, different stuff. They're your buddies, even if they don't eventually buy from you. Uh, you know, it's your audience. It's your raving fans.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, they're they're going to be proponents of your idea. You know, they're going to be the ones that tell other people about it.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, so we want to get people to the point where they are um, that informed audience, uh, and then also anyone who ends up buying from you uh, is going to be going through that sequence of steps
0: and is going to be end up being in your informed audience as well. So this is good. So, so if you're just tuning in, right the 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 whole idea, the one main thing. Um, when it comes to creating content is that you just have to know what kind of content to create. And that is dictated by where the people are in the three bucket stages. There's only three possibilities of where they could be. And your messaging is different based on which bucket they're in. Um, So let's just say that somebody's listening to this and they're like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. How, how do I, is, how do I actually start figuring this out for me, you know, not just who the audience is, but how many people are in each bucket and where I go and find them. So how do you, how have you found as uh, as far as like actually applying this?
1: Right. Well, in terms of the actual content creation, creating the right content for where someone is at, you know, whether that be, it could be a video, it could be a podcast recording, it could be a Facebook live, like what we're doing right now. It could be a chart, you know, the modality doesn't matter. Um, but I find that there are, um, there, as people are going through these different audiences, there are a total of four objections that people are experiencing. Okay. You're also going to notice Josh, that I love lists and I love numbers. So <laughs> almost every response, I'm going like, <laughs> to kind of have an outline that be thrown in your face. Um, but yeah, so look, there's only four core objections that people have as they're getting to know you and eventually before they buy from you. Okay. So let's go through them. So, so the first thing that you may need to speak to in your marketing strategy is convincing people why that they should get their ass off the couch and do anything. Okay. Why do anything rather than nothing? I'm sitting on the couch, I'm eating Cheetos, got, especially now. Oh my gosh. Right. So we've got Cheeto dust all over that's me. All Cheetos and Burger
0: King. that's all you need these days. You gotta get yeah. people away from that.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm logging. Sunday, I got the update. 10 hours and 45 minutes of screen time a day. Or, you know, like, like why should I Why should I do anything rather than nothing, okay? Uh, it, it, for some people, they're actually going to breeze by this objection really easily. You know, that dentist is going to be like, you know, that their prospective client is like, ow, my tooth hurts. Okay, objection done, right? They've overcome that objection. But for other people, you know, people are lazy. So you need to persuade them why they should be in motion, why they should take action versus no action, okay? Uh, and then from there, you the next question, the next objection that comes up is, why do this thing? Why do this thing that you happen to be an expert in, right? So I've, I've already gotten over, why do anything? Now, why do this thing? Uh So you're going to hone in a little bit more uh on, you know, why should I specifically have, you know, an automated accountability system that, you know, that's going to help me uh, complete my goals and get that done versus just writing it down on a piece of paper and putting it in a drawer. There are many different ways to get from point A to point B you need to persuade people why they should take your way, you know, convince them, hey, this way is actually a straight line. And if you go one of the other ways, you're going to have to, you know, try to ford the river, or you're going to have to try to cock the wagon and float it. We all know how that (laughs) goes, right? Everyone dies
0: when you do that. Dysentery.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we want to get from point A to point B, and we want to show people how your way gets them from point A to point B in a straight line or, you know, as quickly and as easily as possible. Okay. Now
0: can I, can I ask you a quick question before yeah. you go on any further? Yeah. Does this method of the, of the four types of objections of which we've just heard the first two, do they, do they apply for each one of those buckets that you talked about? Like, is it all the same
1: yeah, you're going through those three buckets, right? So these four steps. So let's say, let's say we just had this second step. Why do this thing? Um, that's going to take someone who is, you know, now motivated to do something. You know, this person's probably in the afflicted audience. They're like, oh, you know, it is a problem that I'm covered in cheeto dust. You know, I should do something about that right? So they're afflicted. And now you're directing them as to what a viable solution would be in terms of solving that problem, right? Um, So we're taking people through these three audiences. And uh, what we're going over right now is kind of these hoops of fire that they're going to inevitably jump through before they hand over money to you. And, um, And this can really, it just helps inform your Content strategy, right? It helps. Like, what should I post about on social media next? Um, So, the goal of these is to kind of take people through those different audiences.
0: Got it. Okay. Okay. So, we've got why do anything, right? Or why not just sit there covered in Cheeto dust, which is called Cheetle, by the way. In case you didn't know that, there's really? an actual term for Cheeto dust called Cheetle.
1: Oh gosh, that I can't decide whether I'm thrilled or uh, <laughs> depressed uh, hearing that.
0: So, uh, so why do anything? Then why do this thing? And then how about the next objection?
1: Yeah, the next one is the fun one. Um, it's why do this thing with me, right? And so now you've got people convinced that, you know, um, taking care of their gut health is important or, okay, you need an SEO strategy or yeah, you should work with a relationship therapist. Like you've got people convinced of what this solution is. We've taken people now to where they are an informed audience. So now the next thing that you, um, get to sell is yourself, right? Right. We want to tell people, why should they do this thing with me? Why should they listen to Josh rather than someone else who's doing a two-person Facebook live right now? Why should they, you know, why do they need to lean in? And this is where we can um, show off all of our previous experience, all of our earned media, right? That can be PR, that can be testimonials, that can be social proof, you know, a whole bunch of different stuff, Um, past samples of content, years of experience, number of clients helped. You're really your chest up in this stage and you're also showing off your personality. I think a lot of people forget that personality can be a big factor too, why a consumer decides to go with one expert and not another. Um, So thinking of all those different things, like this is a fun space to be in because it's about you, Uh, right? So you're you're answering the objection, why why do this thing with me specifically, right? And I think a mistake that a lot of people make, especially if they have a personal brand, is that they lead with why me when people are still in the space of uh, you know uh, why yeah. do anything or why do this thing right yeah
0: no man totally that's totally true I see that yeah. a lot too yeah. you no know, they think like oh man well that's what that's what they're gonna care about you know but actually no they they need to just be motivated to honestly do anything at this point not yeah. just work with you. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it happens a lot
1: in things like someone's about page their about me page on their website. No one cares that you were born in a barn. If you have not convinced me that, you know,
0: marketing consulting is the way to go, right? So yeah. like, you and, gotta take people through these objections, totally. And, and it's funny, because you look on a lot of people's pages, and that about me is the very first tab. And the very first thing up at the top. Right. So the the little drop down with all the little menus and stuff about me is always number one. And that always baffled me. Like, why? I, you know, you know, I would think that would be probably towards the end uh, or maybe not even there, you know, in such a capacity. Right. Because people don't care about that at first. They kind of just care about themselves a little bit more.
1: Yep. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, it's not because people are horrible. Well, some people are, but you know, it's not that people, it's not that people don't care about you because they're horrible. It's because they're trying to find the solution to their problem, right? They're afflicted or, you know, if they're floating around in their space and they might be oblivious, you know, you got to take care of those things first. You got to get to where they're convinced that this is the way that they want to go. Okay. I want to, I want to, um, for the river. I'm ready. Let's do this. You know, they want to go from point A to point B a certain way. And that's where you can kind of introduce yourself and come in. So it's okay. Don't take it personally. You know, if people are, if you're, if your personal brand is way up near the front and people are kind of disconnecting, um, you know, it might be worth spinning your content, spinning your messaging, things like that. So that it's a little bit more about their problem. Um, you know, like why does their problem need to get taken care of? And why is this the way to do it? Um, you know, even in terms of an about page, a great about page would be, why should you do anything? Why should you do this approach? Hi, I'm Josh. And then, you know, the fourth one, which we're going to get to is taking action now. Um, so yeah, so that's actually a good segue. So you've got, so, so far you've got, why do anything? Now you've got, why do this thing? Now you've got, why do this thing with me? And now the fourth one, this is where your people kind of float around uh, for a while potentially is why do this thing now? Why take action on this solution now rather than later? Every salesperson who's watching this right now is shaking their head and they're like, God, I have nightmares about this every single night, right? It's like, why convince, like they're convinced of the problem and they're convinced of the solution and that you are their solution and they're dragging their feet for weeks or months, sometimes years, right? Right. So we want to use content and use messaging to persuade people. What is the benefit of taking action now and not later? Right. And so I think a big piece of the puzzle, you know, and there's a couple of different ways to do it. You've got the classic copywriting sales tricks. Of like uh, scarcity and urgency. Um, I think most people are familiar with those two. Where just urgency, you know, persuading people why it needs to happen now and not later. And then scarcity, you know, if you don't act right now, there's a chance that it's not going to be there tomorrow. So you 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 know, just pull out your credit card. Let's do this. Um, and then there's also you know, there's also more soft skills around it. There can be you know, hey, if you invest in this now versus six months from now. Here, you know, here are all the benefits. Here is how your business is going to be different or your health is going to be different or your relationship is going to be different. How would it feel to go into 2021, which I think almost everyone is ready for right now? We're just ready to scrap 2020 and start over. You know, like how would you like to feel going into 2021? How What would you like to have set up and established and ready to go going into 2021 so that you're kind of painting the dream a little bit more on that and i think that this category is really a dance between those two um because you can paint dreams all day long um but you also do need to have some sort of um mechanism or something like that um that's going to make people psychologically buy now and not later oh oh, one more note and then i promise i'll give the microphone back to you No, no, Um, from a from a Uh, copywriting perspective, you know, when people, uh, when people buy, they buy on emotion and they justify with logic. So when we are creating content, we're actually setting up, we're giving people the logic on a silver platter. Like we're kind of depositing logic pennies into that piggy bank Uh, you know, like, isn't it very logical to go from point A to point B? It's a straight line. You don't need to go over a river at all. Wouldn't that be nice? Like we're, we're presenting logic in our content. Like here's why you should do it this way. And in this order, when the sale is floating around um, people are going to buy on emotion, even if they think they are buying logically, they are buying on emotion. It's an emotional experience to give your money away. Right. And so, you need to have had a track record of logic being present in the situation um, so that as people convert they are buying on emotion and they're justifying it in their mind with logic um, you need both of those to be present um, and so that's kind of where content can kind of help close close more people you know have people more in the space of you know this makes sense to me and I'm ready to do it now
0: so yeah, completely I mean, I feel like The emotional side of things at the very beginning is that is the hook, you know, it's it's the attention getter and it's the it's the thing that really gets the wheels turning. And then and then after you know your heart has decided, yeah, I want to do this, but then your logic kicks in and says, whoa, 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 hold on, like we need to pay for rent this month or or you know whatever whatever it is, we need we've allocated that money somewhere else and we're going to have to shift some things around. Is this worth it? And that I think is where that logic portion. Of what you're talking about is for me, it's a, it's always, I love the analogy. I mean, it's like the difference between a real marriage of two people that love each other and an arranged marriage where two families were like, you know, this makes like fiscal sense, very logical sense that these two people spend the rest of their life together. Right. And no one, you know, of course no one, no one wants that. Right. And that's, that's what happens when you try to push all the logic on people at the very beginning. Right. It's just an immediate like pushback. Uh so what you're saying yeah it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I love that um analogy that you just shared. I think and- that really
1: throughout all those different steps, you know, it's this dance between emotion and logic, emotion and logic. If you do all emotion Um, then that can be a challenge. If you do all logic, then it can often be, you know, dry, boring, or you may find that you inform a whole bunch of people, but your bank account is empty.
0: Right. Right. No, right.
1: So then, so then to kind of go back to the question, you know, what's the simplest way to incorporate this idea into daily life is, you know, looking at the people who are in your orbit right now and sort of identifying, okay, like where are people getting, starting to get snagged? Um, okay, they, they love the idea of personal accountability. Um, You know, now why should they do it with Josh or why should they do, you know, this way or that way. Right. So just kind of assessing what's going on in your audience right now, like where are they starting to get snagged? And then that actually gives you the roadmap for what content to create next. Yeah. creating content, you know, like, Hey, here, here are 15 scientific studies that proved when people had personal accountability, then they achieved more of what they wanted in life, and they achieved it faster, right? It's like just just starting to curate stuff like that. And I think for many people, once you are crystal clear on what there is to create, the actual creation process is usually much quicker. You know, it's a, it's it's about half the work, maybe for some people more um, to just even get clear on. Okay, I know who I want to help. I know how I want to help them, and I know how, like what
0: content is going to
1: help them get from
0: you know hoop of
1: fire three to hoop of fire four.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I feel like the majority of the, of the, the difficulties in creating content is because you feel like you're working from a blank slate. You know, you, you don't know which direction to go into. And, uh, and once you have that direction, Oh, it becomes so much easier. Then you just have to pick like, which way do I feel like writing about this topic today? Or, you know, do I want to do uh maybe I'll shoot a video versus a blog post, uh, something like that. And, um, and before we, before we move on, uh, Katinka asked a question here and I'm just going to put this up. And I <laughs> know that she, I know that she, uh, she said the reverse afterwards, but basically present the logic first and then the emotional elements of why to buy. And then she said, wait, the other way around. And I think that's right. It seems like that's what you're trying to say, right, Nick? Right.
1: Well, you want to be, uh, emotion is going to be really associated with problems, right? So for Katinka, right? You've got, um, correct me if I'm wrong. Cause it's been a hot second. Uh, but you, like you have, uh, this, this bread startup, right? That is, uh, you know, that is a more health conscious version. Um, so you kind of need to paint the picture first of, uh, what's the problem? Well, the problem is I fucking love bread. Like, that's the problem. Right. So, you know, and like, but now, I, you know, I'm, I'm more health conscious. I know that it's, you know, inflaming my body this way or that way. Uh, so how am I going to, you know, how can I still enjoy the foods that I love without ripping my body to shreds? Right. So kind of, kind of talking about that. And what's so nice, this is why I think it's great to be connecting with your audience. Even, um, even suggest like getting on the phone with some people that are in your audience, get on the phone with some of your new email subscribers and say like, Hey, can I do an informational interview with you for 15 minutes? Um, you know, and they say something like, Oh, I, um, I baked bread with my grandma for 15 years, but now I, uh, you know, my gluten intolerance has gone way up. Um, so then you know what you do? You take that and you, what's your headline? Do you have memories of baking bread growing up, but now can't because you have a gluten intolerance? Like you just take it and you spin it around and then that turns into your copy, right? Yeah. So that's to really capture people's attention. I think how, how it was taught to me or, or I guess what stuck of what was taught to me is um, you want people to be saying themselves, yes, that's me. Yes, that's me. Yes, that's me. And then, and then when you've got that, there's like, okay, when someone has said yes to themselves, they're going to, they're going to lean in a little bit more. So then it can start to be more in the direction of, um, well, the reason that, you know, bread sucks is because it blah, 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 chemicals, blah, 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 bleaches. But, you know, and then you can get into some of the specifics of like, uh, it's not your fault. Uh, bread is terrible for you, but I've got good news. My bread is the shit. Right. So, so the emotion is what's going to get people's attention. Right. And I think that can be for many people, when you're thinking about headlines, when you're thinking about uh, subject lines of emails, you know, any of that stuff that's at the very front of your business and at the very front of your positioning, it needs to be emotion-based and it, it doesn't need to be emotional in terms of being overly dramatic. Um, it's emotional in that, Someone's response is, "Oh yeah, that's me. Oh yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm going through right now." Uh, totally. And then, and then they're like, "You get me," so then they're going to listen to more of what you have to say.
0: Totally. And and you know, it's it's I love that because you're essentially taking their own words, you know, the people's own words, their own ideas, right. They're presenting them to you on a silver platter and saying, "Here, this is exactly what you need to say, and assuming that that person is your ideal customer, um, there's no reason not to just take that and and like put it back out into the world, right yep. but maybe spun just a slightly different way.
1: Yep. Yeah, taking the thing that is keeping them up at night or that is annoying and spinning it around into a question, you know, like having that reader validation piece. Have you ever read a headline, Josh, that's like, uh, seven things productive people don't do? Yeah. It's <laughs> like such a little mindfuck, isn't it? You know I mean? so that's an example of a copywriting tactic called reader validation. Right. Where someone wants to validate that they don't do those things and that, oh, yes, they actually are that productive person that they think they are. So they're going to click through and they're going to read the article to see what things, you know, uh, that you know, productive people don't do. And one of two things is either going to happen. They're either going to learn something new or they are going to be validated that they indeed are productive, even though that article has nothing to do with what they have on their calendar or their to-do list today, right? So seven things productive people don't do, right? So, so that reader validation piece, you want that at the front of your content and at the front of your business, uh, because that's what's going to get people to kind of lean in. Everyone wants to be validated. We were just talking about it earlier where like the about page is not you. The about page is about people who reading it, who are reading it, validating themselves.
0: Yeah, completely. That's awesome, man. I, I love this. This uh I mean you essentially have just taught like four years of a marketing degree in about thirty seven minutes. Right? This has been amazing. Uh so so if you're just so just to recap, right? Mm-hmm. For those that are just tuning in, just to recap, the one the, the the most important thing that you can do when it comes to creating copy is is not necessarily Just writing faster. What, what speeds the process up is understanding who you're writing for because all of those little micro decisions that you make in your head about which way should I go and how should I present this and that? They're all taken care of for you. Once you know which one of the three buckets that people are in. And it seems like it's either the completely uninformed people or the people that are, what was it, afflicted, but not necessarily know what your solution is or the ones that know what the problem is and know what your solution is. Those three buckets identify what that is first. Do I have that right? Yep. Right. So, so that's the first step. But then the second step is to honestly, as you move people into those buckets or sort of like progress them through, just asking yourself, uh, you know, what, like really just where, where, do I take them so what stage are they in? How do I move them from point A to point B? And it seems like how do I, you know, get them to do anything is the first step rather than just sit on the couch and eat Cheetos all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, how do I get to do this thing? Then, how do I get to do this thing with me? And then, finally, uh, the last one was why remind me what the last one is? Why again? do this thing now? Why do it now? That's right, yeah. So, uh, so I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, Katinka also agrees. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> she joined in halfway through. Thanks, Katinka. Uh, and, uh, and so this was amazing. Um, so Nick, thank you so much. Like, I think that you've really helped a lot of people today just wrap their heads around the content creation stuff. Tell us a little bit about what's going on in your life and where people can find you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you want to find out more about me, I mean, if you're watching on Facebook right now, you can just add me on Facebook. I'm okay with having friends on Facebook. A- add me on your personal page. Um, I do have a website. It's just my name. It's Um I have a, like a freebie. So I do a lot of article writing um, and I have a freebie. Uh, it's nickwolney.com slash template. And it is some of my tips for writing articles, writing articles faster. And then it uses one of my articles from entrepreneur as an example. And it actually dissects all of the things that's, you know, I kind of did to be able to pump that article out quickly. Um, and then right now I am launching a beta of a really fantastic program uh, called fast content formula. Uh, this program uh, is great for you. You know, if you, oh, Josh, now I'm going to test myself to see if I can take people through these hoops. Here we go. My um, well, call to action all the time, right? So, if you have ever thought to yourself oh, I know that I got to get more information out there. Oh, I see all these people on social media that are just posting so much stuff all the time. And I want to do that. And I know that I can do that, but I have to deal with the operations of my business. I've got to make sales calls. I have to prospect, right? Then this program is actually going to help you rapidly create content. Uh, and then we're actually going to, uh, in, in June and July of the program, we're going to form campaigns for your social media, and for your blogging, for your content strategy, that can point people back to the things that you sell. Um, So it's called Fast Content Formula. It is a 10-week program. The cart is open through uh, end of day on Friday. Um, It is a live program. It is taught with me. It is intimate. There's not gonna be 300 people in there. Uh, And in this program, I am going to get you creating content in the very first week of the program, which is pretty awesome. And then we take that content and we link it back into your overall marketing strategy. My outlook is that, you know, every month your marketing strategy should be pointing to something that you sell. And in the current economy, what might be the best next thing to sell might actually be to make up something new to sell. Um, like I have a, you, you actually purchased it, Josh. I have a low ticket uh, course, right? I have a simple product. Um, that I created that was like, you know what, this is appropriate to sell right now. Um, And then my marketing pointed to that product. Uh, And you can be doing that too. You can actually begin to monetize on your content, not only for your existing products, programs, and services, but uh, on potential new products, programs, and services. You can use that to actually start to test out new stuff, and you may discover that new sexy revenue driver uh, in your business. Um, I love working with people in groups. Josh, you and I were just uh, uh, previously, you know, we knew each other through a group group. Experience yep. groups are my jam um i uh, i love being able to do that balance of you know one to one support um and hot seats and all that good stuff but then balance it with this group experience um i love being a fly on the wall while other people are getting drilled in the hot seat you know so if that kind of experience is something that's a good learning environment for you and you want to walk away with new and fresh content assets that are actually going to help you grow your business then you can click the link that is floating somewhere around this video and you you can learn more information
0: that's awesome man and by the way the course that i did uh purchase from you was great i mean mm-hmm. it was it was awesome just the way that you present things very much like what you've done here at fire builders i mean i can't thank you enough i know we spent this is this is the longest fire builders live in history going really? on at 43 minutes which is a great thing right and uh and again man just If if you guys are watching this, Nick knows what the hell he's talking about. So go check his page out. Go check the freebie out. Check the course out. It's awesome. And Nick, thanks again for being here, man. Thanks for having me. This was great. All right. Well, this is Josh and Nick signing off. We'll see you again tomorrow for another episode of Fire Builders Live. Adios. Have a great day. Bye.